Good morning. My name is John Wass, and I serve as one of the pastors here at Covenant, and it's my joy to welcome you to worship this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Whether you regularly worship here, whether you're visiting, whether you identify as a Christian or something else, no matter what your week has been like, you're welcome here in the name of Christ. We are privileged to have Michelle Verrill with us this morning preaching. Michelle has been a campus minister with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship since 2001, and she is currently uh, serving as the Red River Regional Director of Strategic Events, a role that allows her to be influential in the lives of students around Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. And she serves as the regional speaker for campuses and conferences. And it's her joy to share God's word with students and to connect them with Christ. And so we are privileged uh, to have Michelle here. Welcome, Michelle. We look forward to hearing from you later. At this time, I invite all who are able to stand for the call to worship. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Let us now join our voices together and worship God.
join me in prayer. Oh, gracious God, we rejoice in glorious hope, the hope that can only come through you, the hope of knowing that the story of Easter did not end with Christ's death and resurrection, but continues now with us. Lord, we lift up our hearts and voices to you today with thanks and with the knowledge that your kingdom cannot and will not fail. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of worshiping together, and in it, would you draw us closer to you. Lord, as we join our voices together to your glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated. Within the strength of community, we come before God with the truth of our lives. Trusting in God's mercy, let us now offer our confession to God and to one another, first silently and then together. Let us pray. We confess our Father that we find it impossible to maintain a constant faith. Our confidence in you is subject to our changing moods and fortunes. We find ourselves more depressed at reading about world events than inspired by the scriptures. Forgive us for our inability to focus our lives consistently upon Christ and grant us an ever-deepening experience of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we may yet know the joy of a vital faith through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. the good news. The cross was not the end, but it was the beginning. And now it is our turn to pick up the story. Friends, God is not done with us. He is at work in you and in the world beyond our wildest imagination. So know that despite our shaky faith and despite our inability to focus our lives consistently upon him, you are forgiven. God is telling a story, his story through you. And now you may be at peace. Let us stand and sing together.
are forgiven and reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, let us continue to be reconciled to one another by sharing a sign of, peace, of Christ's peace. May the peace of Christ be with you. Good morning. Our scripture reading today is going to come from John 33, or John 16:33. Read with me. It says, "I have said this to you, so that you may have peace. In the world you face persecution, but take courage. I have conquered the world." The word of the Lord. I'm excited to be here this morning. I've been attending Covenant in the um, contemporary service at 11.05 since August, and so it's a real privilege um, to be able to be here with you this morning. So would you pray with me as we uh, get into God's word? Uh, Lord, it is good to be in the presence of your people, knowing that we have the hope of the resurrection alive within us and the very same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. And so, Father, would you come? Lord, we know that you're here, that your presence is in this place, that your spirit is dwelling among your believers. And so, Lord, I pray that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are attentive to what you have to us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Now, I realize that it might feel a little counterintuitive to look at a passage this morning from before the cross, just two weeks after Easter, Uh, but I think there's something about this passage because Jesus is one that always begins with the end in mind. So when he's talking to the disciples in this moment, it's true that he's on his way to the cross, but what he's speaking to them of is of the future because he knows He knows what it's going to be like to wake up on Monday morning. He knows what it's like, like Jill spoke about last week, to have those post-Easter blues, where where the disciples didn't really quite understand what it meant. They still didn't quite believe that Jesus would indeed raise from the dead. And they questioned, and he knew that. And so when we hear these words this morning, we're actually at an advantage. Because you see, the disciples didn't know the end of the story, but we do. So we know something that they didn't know. We know the whole story. We know the end of the story. And I love that Jesus never sugarcoats anything. Like, he's just straight and to the point. He just says, in this world, you will have troubles. 
In this world, you'll be persecuted. But take heart, take courage. I have overcome the world. There is a peace that Jesus speaks to his disciples even before he goes to the cross because he knows that they're gonna need it. And it's those same words that we need this morning. That, that Jesus is alive, <laughs> that Jesus has risen, that Jesus has conquered, and so we can rejoice. We can rejoice in the resurrection. We can rejoice that sin and Satan have been defeated and that victory belongs to our risen Savior. Amen? There's something about, however, that next day after, those weeks after, those years after, where it feels like the peace and the joy that we felt on Sunday morning is suddenly gone, and it's like things are just ripped from the headlines. Even this morning, we prayed in our confession about the ways of the world, the things that we read about in the news affecting us more than being inspired by Scripture. And I don't know about you, but that convicted me this morning. And I thought, man, Jesus, help me to have hope in the tension. Because you see, I think that we live in this space between. We live between the resurrection and the reconciliation of all things. And that's where we are now. We live between the present reality and the future hope of the resurrection of Christ by experiencing present sufferings, whether it be through the consequence of our own sin or just the pain of the trials of this world. You know, I still feel the shock of the text message that came of May 18th of last year. One of my best friends from college, um, I got a text message that she had passed away. And it was this moment where we knew maybe it would come, but it was still shocking. Uh, she had been diagnosed in ca with cancer for the first time in 2003 and had several diagnoses throughout the years, but she had just celebrated 10 years of remission from melanoma. And so when several weeks earlier she had gotten a call that the melanoma had returned and metastasized to her liver, we didn't understand and it felt shocking and questioning of why, God, how could you let this happen? How could we not know? But cancer isn't kind and it doesn't give excuses. And there was something very real about it. And in a moment, just several weeks later, my friend was gone and I grieved. And I cried and I was angry and I remember asking God, why? Like, why couldn't you have healed her? And he said, oh, Michelle, I have. And it was in that moment that I realized and I have to choose to continue to realize that God always fulfills his promises. And there is always victory in the cross. But it just may not be on this side of heaven and it may just not be in the way that I want or expect it. In her book, And Still She Laughs, author Kate Merrick says this, it's the strangest dichotomy. 
This tarnished life has given me confidence and maturity and has at the same time shown me how small and foolish I can be. I'm daily trying to make sense of it all, trying to figure out how to live and grief while at the same time actually live. We all have a story. We all have tragedies and tragedies and losses and heartaches and miracles and real life. And while so much of life is glorious, sometimes it gets ugly. No one is exempt. We share in this thing called humanity, and I want us to feel, really face head on, the reality of life with all its pimples and less attractive bits. I believe that it makes the joy more vibrant and the laughter louder and stronger. And I couldn't agree with her more. You see, in the weeks after the resurrection, we find the disciples hiding in the upper room in fear of death and persecution. These things that Jesus had just told them about, (laughs) he had spoken real clearly, this is gonna happen. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. But they experience firsthand this tension that we face today, this, this tension of the space between of of learning what does it mean to have hope in this tension. And it's in those moments that we must remember that we have hope that Christ has indeed died, he has risen, and that he will come again. Having hope takes perseverance and it takes remembering. And we all know what it means to persevere towards something that we're looking forward to. Like we make it through those tedious work days knowing that the weekend is coming or that that vacation is just around the corner. We know what it means to make it through that hard class knowing that we've got spring break or Christmas break or summer break. And parents, you know how to persevere through that last week of summer when finally your kids get to go back to school. We know what that looks like. We know what that means to have hope in those things. And yet in the same way, we persevere through trials and through suffering and through things that just feel hard because we know that God gives us a life in which we always have something to look forward to because we know the whole story. We know the end of the story. And we know that because of God's Holy Spirit, we have one living within us to comfort and to guide us. And so I believe that we can have uh, hope and victory in the tension through remembering and through practice gratitude. First, we, we must remember Christ's death, his resurrection, and his victory over that death and that one day he will come again, and that he has come to make all things right. And in that, we can have the fullness of peace and joy and healing, and we can have the promise of the Holy Spirit living within us and empowering us. But we must be in scripture, we must be looking 
at the promises of God to remember so that we can have more inspiration from scripture than we have depression from the things going on in our world today. They, these are the promises that give us hope despite our circumstances and they give us reliance on God to be the truth that we need to hear. And secondly, we need to remember our identity. For those who are in Christ are new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. In Christ we are forgiven, in Christ we are renewed. In him we are no longer slaves to fear or to sin. We are no longer caught up in the daily grind, but we can lift our eyes above and we can look to the heavens, to the one from which our hope comes from. And we can trust in the truth of God's word and what he says about us. But again, it's taking those moments to look into scripture and to see what God says about us, to see the ways that he says that we are forgiven, that we are set free, that we no longer have to be slaves to fear, but can move forward in faith. In the book of Acts, we see something shift for the disciples in the coming of the Holy Spirit. These men and women who were hiding in fear, when they experience the promise of the Holy Spirit, they begin to embrace this tension in a new way, with a new perspective. This perspective becomes one of, of hope and joy and perseverance. And now they know the whole story. They didn't receive all that was promised, this side of heaven, and neither will we. But together, we can have hope in knowing how the story ends. And I think one of the greatest gifts that we can give ourselves in this time is gratitude. Because gratitude is the foundation of hope and joy in our lives. Not that it's ironic, but it felt like it at the time that just weeks before Carice's diagnosis, I had um, seen a post on Facebook of a friend who was keeping a gratitude journal. And I just thought, that, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe I should try that. Um, and so I did. I went to the store, I bought a journal, and it was just gonna be specifically for the things that I was grateful for. And so I started writing daily before I went to bed the things that I was grateful for from that day. And sometimes it was 15 things, and sometimes it was three to four things. But it got me in a practice of recognizing how God was at work in my life and the things that I really and truly had to be grateful for. And so when those tough times came, when the diagnosis came, when her death came, I continued to write the things that I was grateful for. And it was beautiful to be able to reflect on the memories that I had, but also the ways that I saw God at work in her life, in my life, in my friends' lives, and the ways that her story and her legacy continues on even to this day. It's one of those things that when we start with an attitude of gratitude, um, that it really truly shows us the perspective that God has for us. 
I read a quote yesterday um, that said, God is joy and rejoicing is how we respond to God. And so what would it look like for us to live as people who would respond to God with rejoicing, that would respond to God with thanksgiving and with gratitude? I think it would shift the way that we see the things of this world. I think it would shift our perspective to the truth of who God is and that he is the one who has overcome. In my dear friend's own words, she says this, God is good even at times when it doesn't seem like it. There is beauty and pain and there are special things that can only be mined in the pressure and discomfort of living in the unknown The truth is we are loved by God. We are not alone. He is a God who sees us and is with us even while life unravels around us. You see, my friend had hope and she knew that there is always hope because she knew the end of the story and so do we. And my friends, I don't know what you struggle with this morning. I don't, I don't know what your circumstances are. You might just be living life and everything is grand and it feels like you are on top of the world. But I know that for many of us, we feel like if we're really honest, we have those moments where we say to God, do you hear me? Do you hear my prayers? I've been praying for this thing for myself, for my loved one for years, and I'm not sure if it's happening. God, where are you? What are you doing? And at other times, we're like, God, I know you see me. I know you've got me. Thank you, Lord. But there's that space between, and there's tension. But we can live in the hope of the tension because we serve a good God who is a good father, who has good things for us. We serve a God who is victorious, and in him we are more than conquerors. And to be in Jesus is to be a conqueror. And I don't know the when or the where or the how, but I know that in him our victory is secure. My friends, the resurrection has come. It's in the weeks after, and life continues to happen to us. And we live in the reality that in this world, we will have trouble. We will have persecution. But as Jesus tells us himself, we can take courage, we can take heart, and we can have hope in the truth that Jesus has indeed overcome. Pray with me. Lord, we are grateful that you are the one who was and is and is to come, that you are the one who has victory over every circumstance in our life. God, that we can live as people who know the whole story. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
please be seated. Let's pray together. Holy God, in whom we live, move, and have our being. On this third Sunday of Easter, we bring our prayers before you as a people who are well aware that the world is not always safe. There is still a long list of threats around us. There's terror and terrorism, cancer, violence, loneliness, shame, and of course death and all its friends. The list goes on and we know it well. And yet in the midst of threats of every kind, you appear among us in your full resurrected power, in your deep fidelity to us and your amazing compassion for us. And you speak to us the one word that could matter to us. Peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. And in response, we are compelled once again to trust in your power to deliver us and to deliver the world. So we pray this morning for the world that you created, the world that you love, that you would restore the glory of your good creation and that you would give us courage as your people to seek justice where there is corruption and injustice. We pray for our city, that you might strengthen us to serve you in this place, in this time, that we would share the good news of your saving love with our friends, with our neighbors and strangers, that we might together seek the common good of this city. We pray for your church, that we would be a community which is constantly seeking to encourage one another to follow you. That as we read and study scripture, as we share our lives and pray and serve together, that we would be shaped into a courageous people, living lives which are worthy of the gospel. We pray this morning especially for those we love, that according to your grace, that you would have mercy on those who are suffering, those who are sick or in despair. We ask that you would let them know joy and experience peace once again. Gracious God, as you are one, make us one through Jesus Christ, whom you have sent to redeem us. Amen. Friends, before we continue in worship by offering our tithes and offerings, I just have one announcement to remind you about, and that is that today is our annual all-church picnic out at the Skaggs Ranch. From 4 p.m. until dusk, we are going to relax and play together. So I invite you to bring your own food for your family. Uh, drinks will be provided. Um, and you should have received a, a blue card in your bulletin. If not, there are, are some out on the patio. Uh, so make sure you get that. It has directions on it. And I think that's Thomas Daniels' cell number. Um, you can call him <laughs> if you get lost. And just save it just in case, I guess. Um, no, but we hope that you'll join us. I mean, it's probably going to be at least 30 years until we get weather like this again for uh, a picnic. So please come and, and join us. It's going to be, it'll be a great time. 
Let's continue our worship this morning through the giving of our tithes and offerings.
Gracious God, you give us these good gifts. So we ask that you receive them now as we give them back to you for the building of your kingdom and the ministry of your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
come forward, not to be embarrassed, but to be recognized <laughs> and welcomed by our community. So I'll, I'll read your name, uh, and if you would come forward, and if, and if I fail to read your name, if, if there was some discrepancy on my list, and you just you just joined, please come forward in there. So I invite June Gebert, Julia, uh, Julie, and Tim McGee, Christina and Thomas Allen, Karen and Mark Nadiger, and Jessica and Ryan Sigurds. If you would all come forward to be recognized <coughs> and so we might welcome you here this morning. Following the benediction, I invite 